On today's Locked On Nets, it's superlative season. Marcus and Josh bring you through the superlatives for Nets players, ranging from who we want to babysit our kids to who we're most excited for this season. Coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Nets podcast. I am your host, Josh Bass. And joining me as always, we are less than a week away until the NBA season kicks off. And I cannot be more excited. I'm sure this guy is is uh, on my same wavelength. Marcus Barahal. Marcus, how pumped are you? Oh, I'm so pumped. I feel like the season sort of snuck up on me, even though this offseason has also felt like incredibly long because... The Nets like signed their two biggest guys like right at the start of free agency. So then, after that, it was just a lot of waiting around. But now that we're like in October, I feel like this month has kind of flown by. Yeah, it really has because I feel like once preseason gets going, that's when it's like okay, like the season's kind of already here because it's like people like watching preseason NBA basketball because it's I guess like somewhat close to what you see uh, as a product during the regular season. It's not like the NFL where just like no one plays and um, just because of, of risk of injuries and people don't really care. Like people take preseason NBA basketball uh, very seriously and it's really just a joyous occasion because it means that uh, regular season is on the horizon. Yeah, and guys will actually like play decent amount of minutes like in that first Lakers-Nets game in China. I think LeBron played like 25 minutes, which is not too far off from what he normally would. You mentioned the NFL. It's probably similar for like spring training for baseball where a pitcher will in their first start maybe go like an inning or two, like something like that. So this is probably the closest like facsimile to actual NBA basketball. Yeah, and we still get to see like weird not weird things, but like cool things happen. Carson Edwards hitting eight threes. That's cool. Like I feel like the feats are still very much similar to what they're gonna be like in the regular season. Right, yeah, for sure. That Carson Edwards thing was crazy also. I know. I know it's uh, <laughs> I love random stuff like that. Also, I love getting to see the rookies play in like some semblance of organized basketball because summer league is just like I know people make a big deal out of it um, just because they're so bored post free agency settling down. But it really is a complete joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just guys like kind of gunning to like like because if they hit shots like they'll be remembered. And if they don't hit shots, people will forget because it's summer league. Yeah, I feel like people have remembered R.J. Barrett's horrible summer league. <laughs> or at least yeah. maybe it's just me. <laughs> You've definitely, yeah, you have not forgotten that. I never forget anything bad that's Knicks-related. It's one of my superpowers. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be talking about Marcus Morris's uh, preseason ejection 20 years from now. Oh, yeah, I'm not definitely not forgetting that. And neither will Justin Anderson. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking superlatives for this uh upcoming net season marcus i actually really love superlatives i think you do as well uh i do yeah i just love putting like identifiers on people right and i don't know if you if you remember this but like in our high school there was like a huge like google spreadsheet and like everyone was able to be nominated for a superlative which kind of got out of hand because we had like a huge class but uh still i think it's like a cool idea yep and there's still uh, one or two people, I think you know what I'm thinking of, where their superlative has lived on to this day. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, which we, it's not appropriate for us to talk about on the podcast, nope. but <laughs> we will uh, laugh about it once we 
finish recording today. For sure. I'm laughing, uh, trying to hold it back right now, I'll say. You're doing a great job. So Thank you. <laughs> we have five superlatives that we're going to talk about. I'll just read them off quickly. Person you'd most want to host SNL. Person you'd most want to be our friend. Person you most want to babysit our kid. Biggest mystery for the season. And who you're most excited for. So we have those five. The criteria is that they have to be on the Nets roster. So as much as I'd love for um, my future child to be babysat by Michael Grady or Ian Eagle, uh, and I, I would love to see uh, and become friends with Ryan Rucco. Right now we have more of just kind of a, a colleague relationship since he's been on this podcast. Uh, we are sticking to the team, and we cannot repeat any players from our five choices. I'm sure we'll have some overlap. Uh, but those are kind of the uh, the ground rules, and the rest real. It's really the wild, wild west out here, Marcus. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I was very pleased when you suggested this idea for a podcast. So I'm I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, this is like a classic off season idea that I love that we're doing it right as the season's about to kick <laughs> off. Yeah, for sure. People want to know like like there's the Nets have like an actual basketball game in less than a week, but here we are. Yeah, well, David Locke <laughs> love this. <laughs> okay, so let's get started with the uh, who we want to host SNL. Do we want to say it one at a time? Do we want to say it together? What do you What do you want to do? Uh, let's go one at a time. It's probably cleaner for the audio. <laughs> I'll let you kick it off. Okay. Um. So for this, I'm I'm thinking of it where the Nets have like just won the title and they're they're riding the high. They're already in New York, so so a player gets invited to host SNL. So. Obviously, a guy like Kevin Durant is probably going to be the best player on the Nets if they win a title, but I don't feel like he has the personality to do that. Kyrie Irving, I considered, but in the end, I went with DeAndre Jordan, who is like kind of a jokester. He's, I think, an important enough player where I also considered like Theo Pinson for this because he seems like he has the personality, but I didn't think he'd get enough like shine or be like known enough. So I went with DeAndre Jordan, who like isn't as uh, well-known as Kyrie or KD, and isn't as probably, I would assume, funny as Theo Pinson, but kind of has like a little bit of both of those worlds. Yeah, I like the DeAndre pick, and I think um, given the whole saga of when he um, ended up resigning with the Clippers but was um, getting chased by the Mavericks, I feel like that could make for, make for some good fodder for them to uh, imitate that, that skit. Yeah, and Blake Griffin would be absolutely devastated if he was not the first member of that like Lob City team to host SNL. Oh wow, has Blake Griffin hosted before? I don't think so. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like he hasn't. I'd be sh- I'm shocked that the that they haven't gotten on that because you know he's actually like he's legitimately funny and he loves doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like if the Clippers had won a title one of those years, I feel like he definitely would have. Yeah, that's fair, and I feel like he already gets. Or he already used to get kind of the um, the talk about maybe not being as focused on basketball as he should have, so he probably wanted to avoid that. Yeah, I think that's probably why he hasn't so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, who, who knows? That could be in the cards for Blake Griffin one day, maybe. Um, he just needs to race his profile back up, get traded to a, a city with a bigger comedy scene. Yeah, for sure. Detroit. I, I mean, Detroit has some has some improv stuff there, but definitely he's a not, stand-up not, he's guy. Not, he can't do improv. Yeah. He's not going to like win a title in Detroit also, so probably not going to be profile-raising enough. Yep, so, so no on both accounts. My person is, you mentioned it before, Kyrie Irving. Um, I think just the overall weirdness would be uh, a real sight to see. His monologue, I, I would 
just be like uh, sitting in my chair, not being able to contain myself with excitement. Who knows what he's going to say? I feel like he's some great, has some great fodder. He takes himself a little bit too seriously sometimes, but I think he could definitely be game. He has a very high profile. He can make a lot of jokes um, in regards to his time with the Cavs and with LeBron. So overall, I think he is an, an absolute slam dunk. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot there. And it would that kind of reminds me a little bit of like when Kanye hosted, and he did like a great uh, little digital short with Kyle Mooney where he was like really playing into the fact that he's like viewed as narcissistic and all that. So I think that could be like a good angle for Kyrie to take if he were to ever host SNL, would be to kind of like take a lot of jabs at himself. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, worse, I think, would be Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's tough because he would be like the logical choice if he had like any of that. I guess he he acted in Thunderstruck, so maybe he's got he's got some experience. Yeah, I just yeah, but I just don't think he knows how to laugh uh, <laughs> laugh for himself. I would yeah. yeah I'm just looking at the cast now. I love like Kyrie and Mikey Day. <laughs> Get Melissa Via Senor in there maybe. Yeah, yeah. Is she a featured player? or She's on the main cast now. Uh, she might have been upgraded. I, have, I haven't watched any of the new season, aside from a couple of Bowen Yang clips. Shout out to Bowen. Very, very good stuff. Yeah, I came home uh, last weekend, and my roommates were watching it. I was like, eh, I don't really have any interest. Yeah, I saw, like, the there was the one clip that went uh, semi-viral about, um, like, the uh, the Joker parody about Oscar the Grouch. I thought that was good. Yeah, I know I did see that. That was, that was pretty funny. So moving on from SNL, uh, just next time you watch... Just think of, of which net you could see in the host shoes, and uh, you can tweet at us at uh, LockedOnNets to say that I am right with my choice of Kyrie Irving as opposed to DeAndre. But regardless, whoever hosts, I'm sure they'll be looking fly, wearing Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Code locked on at checkout. Marcus, next up, we have uh, one of, uh, I think, kind of the simplest ones, but one of my favorites. It's most likely to be our friend. Yeah, I, I, I agree that this is like a simple one, but I I love it. I love this question. Because <laughs> the answer is probably none of them, but. Yeah, it's absolutely none of them. We talk about these guys so much. I just want one of them to take the bait. Yeah, so uh, just to jump right in, my answer, it has to be Spencer Dinwiddie. I feel like he's the most, I don't know, like normal and smart. Maybe you can make like a case for Joe Harris too, but I feel like Dinwiddie, I don't know, just something about him strikes me as like he's like a common man. He just, he likes, he's with the people. He's trying to make his own contract like for the people with that whole Bitcoin thing. But yeah, he, he's my choice for this one. Yeah, I basically just took who's on Twitter the most and then used them. And that's Spencer Dinwiddie. It's also my choice. Joe Harris I, I like because I think he's very pleasant. I could have a great conversation with him. But he's like too normal, I think. Right. Dinwiddie has like a, like a touch of crazy to him, which is good. Touch of crazy. We can watch Dragon Ball Z. Um, he's just a, he's a very relatable guy. Yeah, he seems pretty down to earth. I feel like, like, honestly, guys like KD and Kyrie would probably be like, pretty chill also it's just the fact that they're like in such a intense media world that we'll never like really understand but i feel like if you got those guys like alone they would probably be pretty normal too 
Yeah, well, KD, I feel like he's a big 2K player, right? So I'd be down to, to do that with him. Yeah, he seemed, and he's like a huge, I mean, they all kind of are, but he's like a huge basketball guy. So worst case, he would just talk hoops. Yeah, that would be our activity. If it was Joe Harris, I feel like me and him would go like on a, like a whiskey tasting or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> or like just get free samples at Trader Joe's or just talk about our beards. Like really a, a variety of topics with him. But I feel like Spencer is the, uh, the most complete person and uh, would fit in seamlessly as a friend of mine. Yeah, and he's our favorite net, so you know we could just praise him if nothing else. Exactly, exactly. That's really uh, our our fail safe when when everything else goes wrong. Just compliment the Nets player. Next up, we have most. Who do you most want to babysit your kid, your unborn kid, Marcus? For me, this one is really a no-brainer. It's Jarrett Allen, someone who has a very yes. gentle. Very gentle disposition. I think he'd be great with kids. And also, he's so smart, he could teach them to build their own computer from a very young age. And, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, the consistent kind of evolution of technology, it's so important to stay up to date. STEM jobs are are, uh, kind of the way to go right now, even though none of us are in that field. Um, But still, I want my kid to be, and that's why Jarrett Allen... I think would be great with uh, my unborn child, and that's who I want to babysit. Yeah, I I said Jared Allen also for a lot of the same reasons. He has like a real gentle giant vibe. He's like uh, one of the youngest players on the team, so he's like a little bit closer to like actual babysitter age, I guess. And then you mentioned the computer thing. Completely agree. He would be the type of babysitter who would like bring an activity book or bring like a fun new game or something just something that's like both interactive but also like the kid is like learning something and I, I just feel like he's the the total package I've seen pictures of him at NBA cares events playing with kids so he, he's 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 comfortable he's familiar he's got the big afro if the kid was very young which I feel like I don't know kids are always like fascinated with like glasses and long hair and things like that so I, I just he's he's the clear choice for me yeah like the kid will, t- will touch the afro uh no this is a no-brainer so if if um or no actually you know an under the radar choice wilson chandler because the kid could look at wilson chandler's neck tattoo and think it's like a a fellow kid and a friend (laughs) yeah you could give the kid peds (laughs) yeah oh okay listen it depends uh you know it's it's really a parenting decision on that yeah you got to decide early like with messy you know sometimes you just got to go for it yeah, if if this was last year's team, I think Dudley would actually be a really strong contender because for some reason I can just picture him playing peekaboo with the kid. But on this year's <laughs> team, it really is the no-brainer of Jared Allen. Oh boy, Dudley playing peekaboo would be very good. I could see him like also playing like hide and seek and trying to evade someone or like tag and doing his little run where he's like holding the three point down at the ground, but just running like that away from a kid. And then he, he, like, finds the kid, and then he's just, like, doing his, like, um, ferocious clap, like, as he, like, brings them brings them back to the main area. Other, yeah, the Nets have a good team, but Pinson could also be really good. Uh, I still, I love my Wilson Chandler thing. That's, yeah. <laughs> they do, they have a good roster for this, I agree. Joe Harris, Dinwiddie, Karras, I think these guys would all be good. Uh, we're not going to go into who would be the worst, uh, worst babysitter. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's some, some few choices, but we'll move on past that. Next up, uh, biggest mystery for the season. So this is something more tangentially related to basketball, so you're welcome. But biggest mystery, Marcus, Nets have a lot of new faces. Who are you picking for this? Uh, I'm going to pick Torian Prince just because my gut tells me that he's like going to be really good, and that's exactly what he has been in the preseason. He's made like almost every three-pointer he's taken. He's looked solid on the defensive end. And it just all seems like too good to be true. And anytime I see a positive tweet on my timeline about him, like from a, like a Nets person or just like a non-Hawks person, I'll like click and read some of the replies. And it's always like a couple of Hawks fans that are just like, oh, just wait or like, good luck with that. And it, it feels like they don't really regret this at all. So it makes me a little bit nervous and I feel like I don't know. Like I, I do think that he'll be really good, and I think I think he'll be a great fit. But I feel like there is that possibility that things go wrong. Yeah, I, I think that with uh, with Torian Prince, there's no sense in anointing him right now after a few really good preseason games, and his three point shots. Something that the Nets know is going to be there. They know it's going to be um, extremely reliable, both uh, with the ability to shoot a lot of volume and also at a great percentage. He's proved that. Clearly, the last two leagues and two uh, seasons in in the league, you know, he really needs to step it up on the defensive end. And unfortunately for him, with this Nets team right now, the way it's constructed, there's no other defensive stopper for kind of like threes and fours. So he has to be that primary wing defender. And given his track record, it's not something that uh, he may be a natural fit for. I think from a tools perspective, he definitely has that, but um, he really is going to need to put in the effort there and, and get more consistent. And he's not expected to be a star there, but he has to at least be able to hold his own uh, because we've seen in the past with these Nets teams that any decent wing that comes in is able to drop 30, and it's just really uh, depleting for them as they as they try to kind of outgun a team where they might not have any answer for the top guy or two there. So I agree with you on Torian Prince. I'm really excited to see what he looks like. I think he's going to be a great fit on offense, but... Um, defensively is where he really needs to make his mark if he wants to get uh, a big extension in the offseason. Yeah, for sure. I I think that this is like a real prove-it year for him, which, I don't know, part, I feel like what's going to happen is that he'll have a really good season and he'll get signed to a contract where he's kind of overpaid. And then, I don't know, I feel like he might have like a little bit of the contract year thing this season. But that could benefit the Nets, so who knows. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely possible. And I think probably the... Uh, the most likely outcome. My guy is someone that uh, I think his expectations are a lot less than Torian Prince's. It's the rookie Nick Claxton. Uh, Claxton, obviously a guy with some tools, um, the ability to handle the ball a little bit, decent looking stroke. Um, But obviously one, I love rookies. I I love the anticipation. I love anyone whose nickname is the Slim Reaper, which is Nick Claxton's nickname. But he's a guy that I'm intrigued by because he does have all the tools to to be an interesting player in this league, even though the output hasn't really been there uh, in his college career at Georgia. But he's going to be spending most of the the time in in the G League this year um, in terms of actual playing time. So that one is a mystery in and of itself because, you know, we see these gaudy stats in Long Island like uh, Jean Namusta has posted last year, Theo Pinson's posted, but we don't really know what entails, that entails. We don't know what that... 22 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and tails. Like, how are they getting those points? Uh, because, unfortunately, I'm not 
studying my uh, Long Island Nets tape. But Claxton, you know, he he's a very raw player. He did, played um, at Georgia, but like no one really watches Georgia basketball unless they have a guy like Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Um, so he's still a bit of a mystery to a lot of fans, I think. And his skill set is, is very intriguing, but um, how can Kenny Atkinson and the coaching staff work with him over the next couple of years to see if he can put that all together to being a useful player that can contribute to wins and losses? Yeah, I think he's super, super interesting, uh, even just based on like what position he's going to play because he like clearly could play the five, but it seems like he almost wants to play the four. He's done a lot of stuff on the perimeter. He's like hit a, he hit a three in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. So he's like he's a very dynamic. He has like the potential to be a very dynamic player in the league, and it just seems unlikely that both DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen are going to play like seventy-five plus games. So there probably will come a time where Claxton is at least suited up for a couple games here and there. So I am really interested to see what he looks like. Um, he's probably going to make more of an impact uh, in future seasons, but even still, like if he jumps off the page, we saw it last year with Kuruks where. Kenny's not afraid to play a guy who maybe was unheralded if he seems like he's earning those minutes. So I agree that I'm super, super intrigued by Claxton. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Kenny, it is a meritocracy. No one expected that Jared Allen was going to have such a huge role two seasons ago when he was a rookie and really started third on the depth chart. So um, especially if an injury happens to DeAndre or Jarrett and they're out for an extended period of time, you know, Claxton's going to be able to come in and, and really they're going to think of him as someone that will hopefully be able to contribute because last year, look at it. I mean, we had Jared Allen at Davis, but you know, Kenneth Fareed still got some opportunity early on in the season to show what he could do, even though he might've felt that it wasn't, it was limited. Rondé got a lot of run at the five also. So there probably will be um, opportunity there for Claxton knock on wood because you hate to see injuries happen. And, this Nets team isn't super well equipped for any injury, just given some of the depth concerns they've had, both through injury and then also uh, already issued suspensions and possibly ongoing suspensions. But um, we'll see what happens, and I'm definitely interested to see what Claxton can bring. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, we have one more superlative, right, Josh? Should we get into it? We do. Marcus, kick us off with uh, who you're most excited for this year. Uh, so the guy I'm most excited for this season is Karis LeVert. Um, he obviously had, a, like, most of last season was was taken away from him. So this is, like, the first full year we're going to get from him in a while, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, he was incredible at the start of the season and at the end of the season. I'm hoping he can, he can take that momentum and push it forward and maybe push for something like most improved or even an all-star spot if all things go well. I really liked the playmaking that I've seen from him in the couple of preseason games so far. I think that like when him and Dinwiddie shared the court together, and Kyrie was obviously out for almost all of the preseason, but when it was Levert and Dinwiddie, I almost felt like Levert was more of the point guard as opposed to Dinwiddie, which is interesting just because uh, Spencer can certainly play that position like capably, and that might have just been Kenny experimenting, trying to give Karras reps doing that, but... I really like Karras as a lead ball handler. And then on the defensive end as well, just seeing him step up and be the guy to defend everyone in the backcourt because Kyrie is probably not going to be picking up the best uh, backcourt guy on the other team. Dinwiddie is capable, but again, just like 
seeing Levert take on those challenges and trying to be uh, the second best player on a potential second round team is, is going to be a really nice step for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him this year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think like he's going to have so much opportunity this year, uh, both as uh, a playmaker, but also as a scorer, um, especially uh, if, if, you know, Kyrie or Spencer is sitting out a game, they're really going to have to look at Karras to be one of their uh, primary scoring options as well. And I think, you know, we always talk about with him, his shot really needs to become more consistent because everything else is there. And he's such a fun player to watch. And especially after everything that happened last year, uh, I'm excited to see him hopefully have a healthy season and be able to put it all together uh, with a a new contract extension in tow and really see what he can do uh, blending in with some of the other guys the Nets have brought in. Yeah, and we've talked about it before, but like with KD out this season, like you said, he's got a huge opportunity, so hoping he takes advantage of it. Yep. My guy is uh, a bit off the radar, but I am so excited for him. I love role players in general. I love guys that have bounced around a little bit, getting a chance to prove themselves. It's the fourth team in four seasons that David Nwaba is on, but uh, I'm so excited (laughs) for him. He's just a guy that in his uh, stints with the Lakers, uh, Cavs, Bulls, he just makes things happen, whether it's offensive rebounds, uh, loose balls, really getting in your grill on defense, a highlight dunk. He's a, a really athletic player. He just needs a bit more refinement on um, on his shot. Uh, the problem for him is that he's kind of a, a guard that ha- really doesn't have much ball handling skills. But overall, he has kind of a, a Patrick Beverly-ness to him. And I know that's like a very um, kind of lofty comparison because Beverly's turned into a very, very um, good role player and, and someone who's a really key piece for the Clippers this year. But I think Nwaba kind of, uh, if you squint hard enough, you'll see some Beverly in him. Oh, for sure. I've I like really like David Nwaba. I liked him back in Chicago and back when I was like working at the NBA, and we had to watch like random games, especially in the preseason where it's just like guys you've never heard of playing. He like always has caught my eye, so I was really excited when the Nets signed him. I think he there's been articles saying he has the potential to be like a Marcus Smart type, a Patrick Beverly type, like you mentioned. So uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing if he can kind of like earn his way to more minutes, which I think is definitely possible. I think he will. I think we'll be talking even in like January, we'll be like, Nawaba is such a big part of this team. I can't believe that he wasn't in like the formal rotation to start the year. I'm so excited for him. I think he's going to make a big impact and the, the David Nawaba experience at the very least will be a fun one. Yeah, for sure. I, I was a little surprised you didn't say Kyrie, but I guess I didn't say him either. So <laughs> I am excited for him too, though. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Nets podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the superlatives as much as we did. Um, maybe we should have started with the, the basketball ones, the most excited for and the biggest mystery. But oh well, you know what? We need to talk about SNL first. Um, we'll be back in your ears later this week. But until then, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we'll be there. Rate us, review us, give us your feedback uh, on Twitter, as I mentioned before. We are at LockedOnNets. Marcus is at Marcus Barahal. I am at JMBass underscore. And until next time, be well. Bye.